Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Battlefield Show. I am Scott Gibson, your Commander-in-Chief, guiding you through the Battlefield of Life. You know what you're here for. No more messing about. Stick the tape in. Hit the track. Onwards! How you doing, team? Episode 25. 25. 25. I'm losing my mind. Episode 25 of the Battlefield Show. Welcome, dear listeners. Huh? Shay and Sean, mammy. Uh, I have the seagulls. Um, I can't remember if I spoke about this on, on this podcast or another podcast. Days are drifting into minutes. Minutes become seconds. Seconds become fleeting stars in the night sky. Who said that? I said that. Because you're listening to the podcast with me, Scott Gibson. Um, right, first things first. Let's get it out there. I have some new albums out. Now, normally start the show, we would fucking punch some gigs. But there's, there's no gigs. For from now until the end of time, imagine I died before I could gig again. Eh? It's a strong possibility. It's a strong possibility. Um, I have got some comedy albums out. Now, I have... I've spoken about this before. I very rarely put stuff out. Um... On any channel, really. I don't. I don't really have a lot of stand up on YouTube. I, thought, I, I don't even know if I've got any 
of my own. Now, there are people who have got clips and stuck it up there, right? And I think a lot of it is because, one, the quality's never great, and two, because I am a storyteller, right, and I feel as though I do my best work over an hour plus. That's why I enjoy doing the Fringe Festival so much, I enjoy doing tour shows, uh, and that's why I, you know, in an ideal world, I, I would do very little comedy clubs, not because I don't I don't love them, I would do a tour show in there, I just don't particularly enjoy doing 20 minutes of stand-up, because I feel like for what I do, it doesn't give me enough time to get in it, um, and like I said, because the clips that, that I've got are so short, I tend not to put them up, now, the other thing that happens is, I record some of these shows and I sit on them for so long and I compare it to other stuff and you never think that your stuff is as good as it could be in the sense of quality-wise for like audio recordings and that kind of thing. Um, Because the truth is I'm fucking dynamite. I'm not, I was even actually record, well, editing down another album last night and I was, I was having a wee chuckle. Even I was having a chuckle. At the fucking golden oldies. So what I've done is I have I've now got four albums. I've put three new albums up um, on my website, scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk or scottgibsoncomedy.com. They are all available on Bandcamp, right? Now you can get to Bandcamp through my website. You can do the be link tree thing on Twitter, um, or you can just go right to Bandcamp. And the Bandcamp address is bigscottgibson.bandcamp.com. Now. I've got Life After Death, the award-winning show. Eh? The award-winning. The one that started it all. The award-winning show. Um, that was recorded at Soho Theatre in London. It's up on Bandcamp. It's been up there for a while. Um, it's also on Spotify and iTunes, that album. If you want to listen to it for free, um, you can do so. And if you're a tight cunt, you know, if you're a fucking vapid piece of shit, then listen to it for free. Have a laugh and move on your day. Um, but if you're sitting saying to yourself, hey, the, you know, we need to support the big man's art, then why don't you head over to Bandcamp and just buy a wee virtual download copy for yourself? It's a fiver, you fucking tight cunt, right? And I've got to say, life after death, what a show, man. What a show, you know? You're not even going to laugh, you're going to think as well, eh? That's the thing of my comedy, man. I'm the thinking man's comic, eh? You're going to have a laugh. You're gonna, you're gonna go, oh, you know, because there's a, there's a lot of sweary words in there. And then we're gonna hit you with a gut punch, man. Eh? And you're gonna fucking love it. So, we've got that, right? Then we've got Anywhere But Here, which was my third, was it? Yes, third solo show. Um, And that was recorded at St. Luke's in Glasgow. And that is up, um, again, again, another thinker, man, you know, at the end you're like, fucking, on oh, yourself, big man, wonderful show, wonderful show, and you're saying, how much is that, it's a fiver, you cunts, a fiver, now, other two things we've done here, I've got two more albums, Live in Glasgow, which is the first half of the Anywhere But Here tour show, right, so what I would do in the tour shows is, come out, and I would basically do my own warm-up, I would do half an hour, 40 minutes, a kind of banter, some new stuff, some older stuff, 
have a break, and then we come back and we do the show, which was usually an hour and 10, hour and 15 minutes, that kind of thing. And it just so happens that not always is this the, the, the situation, but on this occasion, the full night was recorded. So effectively, I've got this 45 minutes of extra stuff. And I thought, let's just stick that out as an album as well. Are we are we extra ditty? Are we behind the scenes? And then we've got live at the Newcastle stand, which is a recording of Anywhere But Here, that tour show, recorded live at the Newcastle stand. A nice wee hour, compact, tight version. Um, and you can download all of them right now at Bandcamp um, or go through my website and they're only a fiver and uh, you'll get to yeah you sit back fucking have a laugh man you know have a laugh and say to yourself how the, how the fuck is the big man known to tell him how is he no more famous than this and um, my answer is I don't know I don't know but don't let that consume you man just be grateful that you found me you know we need to stay positive in these things be grateful that you know who I am because there's people out there haven't got a fucking clue. Next album that's going up is Like Father, Like Son, which was my second solo show. Um, it was recorded at the Tron Theatre in Glasgow. Two nights sold out, you know. What can I say? Um, this is the second night, if anyone's interested. And it's a fucking belter, man. Right now, it's about two hours. It's an epic. So I thought we could chop that up again into two albums do the show and the extra but for some reason and I think it may have been because it was the first time I was doing it um, the the show itself is stretched out over two hours so it's going to be an epic man I'm editing that one down just now uh, and then we need to fucking master the beast so it sounds decent and that will be up on Bandcamp um, probably end of this week if not definitely into next week and you'll be able to get that on Bandcamp with the other ones as well. And that's going to be a fucking beast, man. That's going to be like an hour 50. So, you know, strap in for that. Now, you can go to the website. You can buy all these albums. Or, you can become a patron. Um, if you go to, again, the website. Uh, sign up to the Patreon. You will get an extra episode every single week. Every Friday, a Patreon episode drops. Um and the albums will be going out to Patreons for free. For free! For free! So, either buy them online, treat yourself, have a laugh, or head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson, become a patron, support me, help me through this fucking lockdown shite storm that we find ourselves in, and I will feed you with weekly episodes only for your ears, and every single album that goes on Bandcamp or on the website, you will get uh, access to it for free. So, fucking, I mean, it makes sense, you know? It makes fucking sense. Just sign up to Patreon, you cunts. Okay, I really, I, do you know what, I can't wait until I'm able to say fucking buy tickets to this gig. I'm scared, I'm scared to book something in case I jinx it. You know? <sighs> I mean, we've got some dates in the diary that we're working on the now for 2021. And uh, I'm going to do a big announcement on that probably at the start of August. And it'll be like in a six months build up into when we start back again gigging and touring. But I wish I had something this year, you know. That I could say I'm going to be in Glasgow or I'm going to be in Edinburgh or Dundee or something. 
and 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 have something to kind of look forward to, you know. But I'm I'm terrified that I put it in a diary and I jinx it. It doesn't happen. Try to stay positive, man. But the more and more you, you read stuff and look at, and I know you shouldn't fucking look at anything that you you see on the fucking internet these days. Even for the written press, man, a fucking shower of cunts. But there, there's something in the air that just it doesn't feel as if. It doesn't feel as if. I'm going to get back to working this year, and I don't want to admit it, but that's kind of that's the kind of way we're looking at, man. So anything, I suppose, if I get that in my head and I, I accept that it's unlikely we're going to gig in 2020. If I do get to get back working soon, then it's a bonus, you know. But keeping sharp, started doing a bit of the old fucking mental writing this week. Some few things in my head. Um. So yes, I, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to work, man. I'm looking forward to getting back to gigs again. I think it's given me a it's given me a kick up the ass in a little sense. And that wait, I just take this in so I can look at. It's given me a kick up the ass in the sense that. I fucking love gigging. I love it. I love comedy. I love stand-up. I love doing it. And now I am happy and confident enough to say I am fucking brilliant. And see if you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen me live. Oh, dear God. That is something you shall have to remedy. Because I'm telling you right now, I am one of the fucking best there is. And it, I need to just believe that. Because it's true. You know, sitting here in that fucking, there's a cupboard next to me, in this cupboard, it's a fucking Edinburgh Comedy Award, best newcomer, 2016, first Scottish comic in history to win it, you're all da, huh? And maybe it's a, a Scottish thing, you know, where we always, not put ourselves down, I've never put myself down, but I've never put myself forward, if that makes sense. You know, maybe you don't want to embarrass other people. That was my thing. Sometimes when you're around other comics or you're introduced to another comic, buy a comic and they'll go like, listen, Scott's one of the best there is or Scott's a great comic or a great MC. You'll go, oh, no, I did, did. But the truth is, I fucking am. I fucking am. And I have watched enough shiver of shite over the years to know for a fact I'm fucking brilliant. So once this is all back to normal, if it ever does get back to fucking normal, you make sure you come and see me live. What's been happening? Right, the fucking, the cigars have turned out. I don't know if I, can I, can I see that on the thing? Fucking look at this, man. Look at this, fucking. How long before I get drunk and try and put the tip in my dick? No, I, I don't know if I spoke about it on this podcast or if I spoke about it on the hashtag show, but... I think I'm going to start smoking cigars. Well, I don't think anymore. I know because I've, I've ordered some and uh, they've turned up. I mean, it just, feel, it just feels right, you know. It smells good. I've never been one of these people who, I've never, I've never smoked, right? God, it smells great, man. It just smell. Do you know what? It smells old. It smells like a cigar. Smells like if you're listening to this audio uh, and not the video, um, you should watch the videos. The videos are all on YouTube. Those that have been videoed. Um, 
I'm sniffing a cigar just now in case you're, you're wondering what the, the sound of my inhaling is. It smells like... I don't... This will sound stupid, right? But to me, it smells like, like wealth. Power. You know? Old. Old world. That's what it smells like. Oh, God, it's good, man. I, like I said, I, I was never a smoker. But I, uh, I quite, I quite enjoyed. Did I enjoy the smell of smoke? I, I, I don't think it never put me off. Like I was never, you know, one of these people. Sometimes you see them on the outside and like they're smoking away, and other ones like, oh, oh my god, can, can you just you're, like, you're outside, you can't, right? Fuck off, you're in my space. Now I've never been a smoker, but I certainly would defend the smoker's position over a non-smoker if that makes sense. But one thing I've always loved is the smell of cigars. My grandfather had a friend who would smoke cigars. There was two guys in the rugby club when I was young, when I played rugby, who would smoke cigars. And the smell of it, man, I, I loved it. Always have. And I just think that... I just think it's something that you need... We all need a hobby, right? I'm not going to start fucking long-distance running. It's not going to be a thing. I've tried to get into gaming, but I'm fucking shite at FIFA, okay? So maybe... Maybe my... <laughs> Maybe my hobbies is cigars, man. Why not? Why not? Thousands, millions of people smoke cigars. You know, you've got to get into it somehow. You know? And, and I says to Mrs, I think I'm going to start smoking cigars. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. You don't smoke. I know I don't smoke, but nobody's born smoking. Nobody's came, crawled out the womb, you know, kicking and screaming with a fucking a fat Cuban in his mouth. That's what she said. We've all got to start somewhere, right? And there's a there's a history to it. And it's not like smoking, you know, smoking's a there's an anxiety to you know, it's fast, it's speed, right? Smoking's a it's a, a necessity, it's a need, right? I need a fag, I need a cigarette, you know, and it's just light it and get consumed and move on, you know, it's fast, it's whereas a cigar for me is you know it's slow, time. You know? You know, you converse with a cigar, eh? No, I mean, again, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm going by what I've seen in life and what I, what I feel may be the situation. But you get, for example, for example, you have cigar bars, right? Cigar bars, you know, private clubs where men and women, I imagine. You know, we'll go and smoke, sit in leather-bound chairs. You know, people with time. People with time, with, with, with the ease into the day, ease into life. You know, relax. Nobody's nobody would rush into a cigar bar. You know, hurriedly point to one on a shelf, sit down. You know, and puff their way through it, and then rush off. It's a time thing, speed, you know, relaxing. Nothing else exists outside this this room, you know. I'm going to sit in this chair. I'm going to think. I'm going to ponder. Huh? Going to enjoy a cigar. Think about where it's came from, man. Think about its its origin, you know, because it's it's like it's like wine or whiskey, you know. You you can there's a 
traceability to it. You can, you can understand more about the the region, understand about the the tobacco, the way it's rolled. You know. Plus, you get a cool wee car thing. You fucking nip a tip off it. So cigars it is. Um, I got these from Simply Cigars, simplycigars.co.uk. Um, we've gone for a starter pack, which is a mix of different cigars, and then we've gone for uh, another wee pack of whatever the fuck these are, uh, and we've got the wee fucking nib cutter. I, I, I read a thing saying that whiskey and coffee seems to be the two that it goes well with. I am I'm yet to get any whiskey and I probably never will get any whiskey because I I'm no ready to get I've got too much of a personality to get any whiskey. That's the problem. I think I would need to shave off about eighty percent of my personality and sense of humour for me to be able to get into the world of whiskies. But coffee, you know your old dad loves a coffee. Right? We're sipping on one now. With my Troy and Abed in the morning. Mug. Community, great show. So I think that might be the thing. Again, no every day I'm not gonna sit and smoke a cigar every day. But you know, maybe if I'm doing a wee bit of writing, maybe out in the balcony. Huh? Set a wee coffee, maybe. I mean at night, maybe a wee, a wee drink, a wee whiskey sours or something. You know, a wee amaretto sours, a wee cigar. Could be lovely. Could be lovely. I will report back. Um, and if anybody out there is interested in, you know, getting into cigars or buying some cigars, Simply Cigars. uk. They don't sponsor the show, but they fucking should, lads. Simply Cigars. Send me some shit. <laughs> I um, I watched Quiz. Finally, I caught up with it. I. After watching it, what what it did for me was it, it highlighted the fact, and it, and I knew before I watched it, and I went against my own judgment, and I never should have. But oh god, I thought honestly, I thought I was going to bump there, nothing came up. And then I just sat in my chest like a fucking bubble. Jesus Christ. Um. I, I know and I've known for a, for a long time and I think it's because of the job that I do and the interaction that I have with um, you people, civilians, the general public. Number one rule of life is never trust the general public. Simple as that. Never trust them. Never trust you, right? Because you don't know what you want, okay? Yet a lot of you don't have ideas or opinions of your own. You are led like sheep, especially when it comes to things like entertainment. And I watched Quiz after I saw quite a few posts on uh, Twitter about how fucking good Quiz was. And I watched it and it was utter shite. It was shite. It was shite. The only good thing about it is Martin Sheen's fucking Chris Tarrant. That's it. It was amazing. He was Chris Tarrant. He looked a bit like him, which is good enough for these remakes. But he sounded like him. He was Chris Tarrant. It was Chris Tarrant's voice. He was amazing, right? But the story... And the thing is, it's one of those things that... We all know the story, right? We know about the Major getting on the show... Um, coughing gate when somebody else would cough... And blah de blah de blah We got to the million quid and then we know what happened... Because we followed it and I suppose it was one of the first... 
big kind of sensational court cases, especially from a television show that we'd maybe ever seen. But there was part of me when I started watching thinking, right, maybe I don't know the full story. Maybe there's a lot has gone on that we're not aware of. And after watching all of the episodes, I can confirm we knew fucking everything for the start. What a fucking pile of shit. It was average at best. Again, it felt like another another TV show that has been produced in the UK with a lot of UK actors. And it almost felt cheap at parts. It almost felt cheap. Like the the scenes when it was the set of, you know, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I'm going, that was a, a, a show that was made by ITV. And this quiz documentary drama, I mean, it's not a documentary, but the drama has made by ITV. Now, how difficult would it have been just to fucking rebuild the set? Those scenes, it looked so small. There, there was, and I know again, I'm I'm being I'm being a bit picky. But anybody who's ever worked in television, you know, who's ever been involved in recording a show, who's been on the floor, you're watching some of that going, what what the fuck is happening here? It was just, and then as you found out a little bit more about the family and this kind of underground fucking. Network of Quizmasters. What a fucking shower of shit. You know? There was a bit in it when the guy who's running this fucking underground hit team, right? Like CIA of fucking Quizmasters, meets with the the guy who basically created the show. And they have a brief conversation and he explains that the, the major and his fucking his wife um he, he, they had nothing to do with him. He, he, they were not part of his uh, network, right? Because they had, they had gone off and and done their own thing. And sorry, I'm just looking this up here so I can get the cat's name. He was a major eye. I just for a second I thought maybe that wasn't his rank in the in the army. Um. And at that point, he reveals how much of the prize money his group had been responsible for. And they said that they worked out that it was £1 in every 10, right? £1 in every 10 that left the the TV show was won by someone within his organisation or someone who had access to, to their, you know, their, their offerings. That doesn't seem like a lot. That doesn't seem like a lot. You know? It does not seem like a lot. One pound in every ten. I mean, that's a fucking a fringe breakdown. But the way it was being put across as if there was this network of quiz fucking angels across the UK that were all in contact with each other and had infiltrated ITV and were somehow understanding how who wants to... And the other thing is, who gives a fuck? Who gives an actual fuck? I know the guy who went to court, right? Found guilty. It fucking somehow managed to cheat his way, whether you believe it or not. To a million quid, fair fox to him. These are all the. These are all the news stories, the stuff that happens in day to day life that distracts us. These these things are are built designed to distract you. You know, some guy goes on whether you believe that he cheated his way or not. 
the, the drama leads you to believe that although everything was in place for that guy to cough on the correct answers, the show leads you to believe that the major himself was not part of it or wasn't aware that what was going on. That's the kind of avenue it wants you to go down, right? Do you believe that he was innocent in the sense of he never knew what was happening? You know? And even after watching it, I'm going, I don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. But this is all distraction. Because how many people were in, were outraged by it? That this, this man who held a position within the British Army, you know, a distinguished gentleman, a man, a major, would would sink to the levels of of cheating, whether a crime has been committed or, or not. But yeah, on a daily basis, you've got, you've got bankers fucking you over, you know? Destroying economies, writing themselves millions of pounds worth of bonuses as you struggle by. No one really gets pissed off at that. I know we're saying, big man, these are the questions that we don't need to be answering, you know, because we're fucking wanting to know when the football season's going to start again. I hear you, brother, I hear you. Difficult times, man, we live in. Charles Ingram, that was the current name, Major Charles Ingram. But I, uh, I watched it, and the only thing I could is, at one point in it, the, they, I'll say they, because you don't know who done it, Shot his dog, shot and killed his dog. So one scene in the family comes in, blood all over the floor, and you think, the fuck's going on here? Into the kitchen, he's sitting with the dog in his arms, and he says, somebody shot the dog. And then next scene is, the dog's wrapped up like a fucking mummy, and it's getting buried in the back garden. And you're going, what? 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 Why is this the go-to thing for very lazy writers to shock us? Is it because... Throughout developed countries, certainly in, in the UK and in the West, we have such a connection with our pets and, and those who have dogs know that they're, they're family, they're, they're children, they're, they're our wains. You know, tour manager's my wain, it's my boy, it's my baby. If anything or anybody ever harmed that dog, I would fucking murder their family in front of them. So is that, we know that it's an easy thing to shock us with. That's why people put it in TV shows. That's why people put it in films. I have watched a number of films, a number of TV shows where I've sat and said to the missus, if anything happens to this Doug, this is getting switched off. Because it's an easy thing to shock us. Now, if that was the case, that somebody actually killed this man's dog because they thought that he cheated his way to a million pounds, then what was the storyline off that? You're telling me somebody shoots your dog and it's not reported to the police? Nobody's found on that. Why Why did that happen? We don't know. I don't even know if that was real. And if it's not real, what is the, what is the point in putting that in the show to shock you? Because it's lazy. I, I'm, I'm not trying to tie everything back into the situation that we're in, but I'm, I'm currently watching some things, right? And I'll come out and talk about this in a minute. Stand-up specials on Netflix. I think this year, this year needs to be an opportunity for us, for everybody to reset themselves, reset your life, your expectations, your understanding of, of your wants and needs, and for us to no longer accept mediocre. 
Because watching certain programs recently, watching certain things that have been offered out as a great watch, quiz being the most recent example, after sitting through that, it was mediocre at best. Now you're telling me that there are not great, I mean incredible, writers, directors, producers, comedians, actors, musicians, currently out there, without work. Some of the greatest screenplays, sitcoms, films, television shows, documentaries, that you will never ever see are being written right now. Some of the greatest works of our life, of our generation, will be created right now during this lockdown. And they'll never see the light of day. Never see the light of day. But the same names, the same fucking shit will continue to be churned out. Month after month. Movie after movie. And I think that we owe it to ourselves to get far more involved in what we consume. Before I got any comedy, I'll admit, I never knew what Patreon was, I never knew what Bandcamp was, I never knew that there is a, a endless number of channels where performers can bring content directly to people. And I know that for a lot of people, it will just it would never be part of their daily consumption. But those of you who are listening to this, you are of a certain standing in life that you know what podcasts are. You know that you are looking for small names because I'm a, I'm a small name, right? Let, let's just be honest here. The numbers that I have on a podcast, they're they're tiny, but to me, they are everything. The numbers that I get on a weekly episode, right, that I do for the show, are, are so small that you're never going to register on any, you know, top 10, top 20. I'm not going to interest advertisers or, 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 you know, sponsorships. But it's a building process and it's something that I want to do. It's something that I enjoy doing. And every single person that listens to this, it means the world to me to think that there are a couple of hundred people listening to these episodes. It means a lot. So if more of us are more selective, if more of us actually think about what we consume, you know, and how much of our time is wasted, time is the biggest factor there now. If you think, if this goes on for another month, another two months, you're probably looking at three to four months of our year that we have lost. A quarter of your year has been lost in lockdown. How many of us are going to go back to the normal way of life of sitting on our ass five nights a week, watching shit television, when we could be going out, we could experience theatre, we could experience independent movies, we can go to a concert, you know, a gig, you could create yourself, the time has to be the most important thing after this lockdown is lifted, after normality is resumed, Time has to be your most important commodity. Do not waste your time. Don't waste it with people who are negative, who take from you, who give nothing back. Don't waste it in situations where you benefit nothing from. Now, I'm not sitting here saying to you that you don't have a day in the sofa, you don't fucking 
binge watch a box set, play the computer, you know, sit and scratch your ass. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying you have to be honest with yourself and admit that your time is important. How many of you just now are in a difficult situation where you may have a family that you don't get on with and you're fucking loving lockdown because you don't need to see the bastards, you know? And then after this, you're going to be back into the family parties, the family gatherings, and it's going to drain you physically. Time is so important to us. Take control of it, man. Think about what you do. Think about how you spend it, what you consume. You know, get a hobby, do something different. Fucking smoke cigars, man. This smoke's just getting online. Cigar smoking community. Stand-up specials. Now, I, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, I would love to have a Netflix special. Of course I would, right? Of course I would. Um... Anybody who tells you otherwise, I, I probably think is is lying, and it's no it's no so much for the money. It's probably more for because I don't imagine there's much money in it really, uh, unless you're a massive name already that can negotiate it. It's more so just to be part of that club, you know, because there's something about it now where that's maybe the level of of my current generation of comics. To say you've got a Netflix special. Now, Amazon is putting out specials. I know that. And there's been a lot more British acts have got specials on Amazon. But it's not a Netflix special. You know, and that's just the way it is. Netflix is still the number one, the top. That's that's now the kind of vernacular of comedy. When you say, have you seen their Netflix special? You know, they don't say, have you seen their special? It's, have you seen their Netflix special? I'd love to. I'd love to have it. I would absolutely love to have a special on Netflix. Is it going to happen? I think not. I don't think it ever will. But it's certainly something to strive towards, you know? A couple of ones that I watched uh, recently that, that have came out, um, that have dropped <laughs> uh, not that long ago. Um, Bert Kreischer. Hey, big boys. Bert's latest special. And uh, I, I struggled, man. I struggled with it. Um, I've I've not finished it. I got about 20 minutes in. And it's the first time that I've watched Bert Kreischer. And I don't know the man. Um, But um, again, sometimes I I used to think that I'm not in a position to comment on other other acts. And, And I would never say that an act is shit. Unless they are shit, then I will say they're shit. But what I would say is I, I know pe- people who have seen him live and I've seen him do other things. This just felt very safe. It felt like I was watching a special that had gone through the mill. And by that I mean I was very lucky when not long after I first started that I got to do a bit of warm-up with Frankie Boyle. And I'd done a few tour shows with him and I got to see some things and... He was basically coming back to work up to do an hour that was going to be on live at the Apollo and then he was going to take it on tour. And in Scotland, Frankie is as high as you can get within the UK comedy. It's as high, you can go no higher than what he is. He is the top. He's the, the, the cream of the crop, the king looking down on his own. 
and it was so disheartening for me to see the hoops that he had to go through just to have stuff on the BBC. There was talks of lawyers coming to watch the show. Um, recordings were sent to solicitors for them to listen to. And I just, I remember feeling very disheartened even at that time to think, this guy is the best we've got at the moment. And even he has to jump through all these hoops. And in essence, what, what comes down to a bunch of suits sitting around a table deciding if a word can go into a set or not. And they have no understanding of, you know, set-up punchlines, joke structure, writing. They just hear words. And I just think it's such a shit situation that we're in where language is so powerful for the wrong reason. I have said things on stage that are shocking, but they're on stage. And I'm not saying that gives you a free pass. I'm, I'm saying if you, if you say things on stage that are you know, deeply, deeply upsetting or wrong, then you've got to, you can say it and stand by it and defend it. I think everyone has the right to say whatever they want, as long as it's funny. You know, or as long as we can see where you're going. Remember in school, you school, remember you get extra, you get five points for your working, so leave your working. As long as we can see that you're making an attempt to get there. I think that there's too much emphasis placed on certain words or certain topics that may offend. And the word is may. There's no guarantee that someone's going to be offended by it. You know, I'm offended by the fucking, the shit comedy that's turned to it. I'm offended by that. I'm more offended by that than watching someone try to do a fucking difficult routine about, you know, a cancer survivor that develops AIDS and gets raped. I mean, that's a, that's a tough fucking premise, but I would rather watch that than some of the fucking shit that's pumped out. And when I was watching the Bert, the, the Bert boy, the big boy, hey big boy, fucking hell, hey big boy. It felt like this, if you'd seen this live, it would have been a very different show. That's what it felt like when I was watching it. Um, It felt like a very long setups for no payoff. And like I said, I don't know if that's because it's gone through the mill and it's been reduced and reduced and reduced to the point where they're happy for it to go on TV and I understand now that a lot of these American acts they make a decision to become you know products right and I get it I, get, I totally get it and again I don't have children I imagine that is a completely different mindset when you have kids and it's like movies nowadays you know, if somebody says to you, listen, this movie's sitting at an 18, right, and it's going to make $200 million, but if you take out five of the swear words, we can make it a 15, and it'll make $250 million. See, if you take out all the swear words and remove that topless scene, I can make it a PG-12, and you'll make a billion dollars. I can make a billion dollars, then. But, but that one scene's quite pivotal to the film and it makes it go, I don't give a fuck, man. I want the money. And again, if somebody's saying to you, listen, you can do your stand-up special, right? You can do it. We can film it and record it. But it's not going to go on Netflix. However, I can get it on if you take this, this and this out and remove that joke. I've never been in that position. I don't know how I would react. 
but that special certainly felt as if it was a diluted version of what it could have been. Tom Segura, who I have only recently started watching his stuff, I think he's fucking brilliant, man. And another one where, if you look at the specials that are on Netflix, the ones that are 18 plus are the fucking best, man. He's got one out, I can't remember the name of it. Um, again, another act where you're going, if I could see him live, man, he would be fucking savage. Beautiful imagery. Beautiful imagery. Great storyteller, good joke writer. Great stuff, man. His his specials, one of the ones that I got through, uh, Ball Hog is the name of his recent one. Chris D'Elia is the, the other one that I watched. No, I've never been a fan of Chris D'Elia, right? I think that he is a... He's an Arctic monkey. An Arctic? An Arctic? An Arctic monkey's kind of comic. In the sense of, I feel as if it's all manufactured and produced. It's the same fucking bullshit each time. I, I don't think I lasted five minutes of it. Um, now, there may be people listening to this who have watched that special and think it's one of the best things ever. You'd struggle to try and convince me of that. You really would. I, I'd i put a post out um, on Facebook the other day saying that my, my theory that... Um, American America produces the best stand ups has, has been tested recently. And and Chris D'Elia and the, the Kreischer recent ones were the were the ones that kinda made me rethink that. I still think the best comics currently just now working are from America. Um I watched CK's recent special. So Louis CK has and it's something that he's done before, to be fair to him. Horace and Pete, which was the, the kind of... I mean, it's not really a sitcom, I suppose. Is it a drama? That he had created and produced. Uh, was released through his website. That's now available on Amazon. If you've never watched Horace and Pete, watch it. It's it's fucking brilliant, man. It's absolutely brilliant. It's, uh, it's a difficult watch in the sense that... No episode is the same length. It's basically set around, uh, well, filmed like an old-fashioned TV play. So he talks about, um, a little bit, about the show where he used to watch these old British plays that were on television, so adapted for TV. And there would be there would be scenes, you know? So just like in a play or a movie, one scene could be five minutes, one scene could be 20 minutes. And just like that, the show itself is kind of set in that similar vein. So there are scenes where, or episodes, sorry, that are like an hour long. There's an episode that's like fucking 15 minutes long, do you mean? Or to, to that extreme, anyway. There's also one episode in it when it's just him and one other character. And there's a monologue in it that must last 10 minutes. And it's just fucking... It's just brilliant. It's just fucking brilliant. It's just great actors just being brilliant. There's no really other way to describe it. Again, so that was something that Louis C.K. has done quite a lot where he would release stuff on his website. And because he's one of the biggest comics in the world, he has that draw and that ability and that allows him to have far more control over what he puts out in the sense of content. So, for example, there's probably no one really who is creative director on on these things other than him. So there's no channel to 
put content through. And the the latest special that he's put out, which is on his website, and I think it's only $7, it's not a lot, maybe $8, something like that, is fucking brilliant, man. It's, it's brutal. There are some bits in it that are fucking brutal. Dark, really dark, but very, very funny. Very funny. And if you are a fan of Louis C.K., um, he's back to his best, I think, or as close to it as, as he's going to get. He... The whole special is great, man. And if you're looking for something and and you've got a bit of money you want to spend on it, I would say get it. Go to, go to his website, download the, the special and watch it. It's, it's absolutely fucking brilliant. There, there's no much um, coming out. I'm looking just now at the releases for Netflix coming up. Patton Oswald has got a new special. I really like Patton Oswald. I think he's fucking brilliant. Um, his new special, I Love Everything, is maybe dropping in May, I think, towards the end of May. Um, other than that, according to this anyway, uh, Jerry Seinfeld has got a new special coming out, um, which I will not be watching. And Hannah Gadsby has got a new special coming out uh, at the end of May. And fucking no comment. So I don't really know, um, special-wise, if, you, if you're looking for some comedy on Netflix, what's good. Um, I'm just kind of going over over some of these. Uh, Fortune Fimster, her stuff is fucking great. Sweet and Salty is the name of her special. Uh, Michelle Wolf, um, who's incredible. Joke Show. Uh, Mike Barbigla is a fan. I mean, it's no, Mike Barbigla is not really for everybody, but it's more of a storyteller stuff. So that's why I enjoy checking out some of his things. But there is a lot of comedy on Netflix, man to go and check it out, and especially, as I said before, Amazon Prime, there's uh, a whole load of British acts um, who have got specials on Amazon Prime, so make sure you check them out as well, man, fucking why not, why not, do you know what I watched a while ago now, in fact, I wonder if I can see them on this list, Um, no, Just come back. I'm just come back. No, I can't find it. It was uh, Chris Tucker. I think I've spoken about this before. I saw that Chris Tucker had a new stand-up special on, and I thought, I wonder what that would be like, man. And honestly, it was great. It was great because I liked it that he's a he is a, a world-famous star, and at one point was probably one of the biggest movie stars in the world, multi-millionaire. So tell me stories of that life. The thing that I hate the most about British comics, and Lee Evans and Michael McIntyre done it, I'm not a fan of theirs now. I was a big fan of Lee Evans when I was young. But as you age, your taste in comedy and what you want ages. But I always hated the fact that now when Lee Evans and Michael McIntyre would do gigs, they still talk as if, they are normal people. You're no normal people. You you live in a world that we will never understand. But tell us some stories that may help us understand it. You know? Because bad stuff happens to everybody. Weird shit happens to everybody. Whether you work as a postman, fucking in a factory, or you're a multi-millionaire, world-famous movie star comedian, mad stuff happens to us all. So tell me those stories. People kind of went off a wee bit of Ricky Gervais because he was trying to do the kind of American thing where he talks about his money and situations. I want to hear that, man. That's what I want to hear because that's real. It's honest. And Chris Tucker's special was it. It may still be on Netflix if you can search for it. It was good, man. Stories with Michael Jackson are fucking brilliant. 
story about touring the world in it in fucking Dubai. Like, great, let's give that a watch. Other than that, find something that you enjoy, man, you know? Find some comics, listen to some podcasts. I've been listening to Bobby Lee quite a lot, Tiger Belly podcast. Um, and when there's comics on that that uh, that are kind of naturally funny, a bit of good riffing, try and go off and look at some of their stand-up um, to check that out if you're looking for a wee podcast. Tiger Belly, Bobby Lee. I was actually going to talk about mental health and uh, lockdown. Somebody had got in touch with me recently and asked me to 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 discuss it uh, or discuss you know what it's like kind of living with someone who has got mental health issues, um, things to look out for, how you deal with it, how you approach it. And uh, I don't think we're going to be able to do that in ten minutes, so I think we're going to maybe save that for for another episode or something. We might talk about. Uh, definitely and stick that out as a wee special podcast because I think that a lot of us are suffering and we just need to kind of hang in there as much as you can, man. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it another time. I'm not I'm not going to hit you with the heavy stuff, you know. Fucking off the bat here, man. Episode 25, or whatever the fuck it is. Right, we, uh, we're starting to slow down, man. I'm also actually thinking about the fucking quiz that's out tonight as well. Uh, every Wednesday we do a quiz on Facebook I say we, it's the royal me Cheryl fucking da On my Facebook page, Scott Gibson Comedy um, It's gone good man, it's gone good The worrying thing is, this is now quiz number 5 So it's 5 weeks in a row We've been doing this quiz And I think I started it 2 weeks in So we've probably been in lockdown now for What, 6-7 weeks Which when you think about it like that Is very upsetting But Join me uh, 8.30 every single Wednesday during lockdown, I should say that, because I, I, again, I'm not very good with technology, right, and I put a Facebook thing out, a recurring event, and somebody's like, is there something you don't know, big man, is the lockdown going to last till October, you're like, I just fucking don't know how to do it, but I can confirm that for the, for the length of lockdown, I'll continue to do the quiz, and then we might go to fortnightly after that, who knows, but I'm quite enjoying it. It's fun. It's a nice, it's a good bit of gig energy, man. It makes you feel, you know, it makes you feel up there. But uh, it's a bastard to put together, man. Fucking building all the slides and getting the questions. And also try to get the questions kind of retard friendly. Because there's a lot of stupid people watch the quiz. So if you want to do that, tonight, 8.30 on Facebook, on the Facebook page. Every single Wednesday during lockdown. Uh, quarantine quiz, 8.30. Come and check it out. Um... Get on the website, fucking sign up to the mailing list, follow me on the socials, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And, um, fucking hell, look after yourself, team. Get, if you want to support me, then consider buying some of the albums that are on Bandcamp. There's going to be another one dropping pretty soon, like I said, the, um, like Father Like Son show. And, yeah, that's it, man. Fucking, this is, this is draining me about this one, so I apologise. We're kind of just fucking sluggishly dragging herself over the line here I'm trying to think of us anything else I need to say is before you go wash your hands and your arsehole stay safe look after yourselves <laughs> the usual stuff you know so aye, that's it play the quiz get on the website sign up to the mailing list buy the albums uh, and consider becoming a patron if you enjoy the podcast or my fucking mad ramblings 
um, then become a patron. You get an extra episode every single Friday. Those uh, episodes will either be chats, conversations like this. Uh, we've got some interviews coming up with other comics. Um, and you will get comedy albums dropped in there, one-off specials. There has been podcast recordings. There has been show recordings from The Fringe from last year. There's a whole load of stuff that has dropped already and is lined up to drop. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. You can sign up for as little as $5. You will help me immensely get through this fucking lockdown storm. And you will get a whole load of stuff uh, sent your way to keep you entertained, keep you smiling, keep you ticking over. As always, thank you very much for listening. Uh, It means a lot. We are approaching 10,000 listens on the show, which uh, might not be a lot for some, but it's a big milestone for me. So if you do enjoy it, uh, please share it with friends or family. Get them to listen and let's grow the Battlefield Army. Take care of yourself, team. Stay safe. And I will speak to you next week. Onwards. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.